Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Chronicles chapter number 12. I'm so thankful for a God that loves the masses and multitudes, but works with each one of us, whether we're a Thomas or a Peter, whoever we are. I appreciate that song. 1 Chronicles chapter number 12. We learned yesterday how to deal with injustice. And college students, I believe that's a bigger deal than you realize in your coming days. Because there will be things that will happen, and you are going to have to learn to go to the tree and just move on with your life, remembering what Christ has done for you. But another area that I'm very concerned about and burdened with for our students is the area of discernment, being able to detect truth from air and be able to discern these, um, the differences. You're being given a lot of voices. And so many things are screaming at you. And you've got to be able to discern the Holy Spirit's still small voice in your life. I remember when my boys were little and I would go to the nursery and there would be upwards to 30 babies in that nursery when I would go pick them up. And, uh, uh, and I remember you'd go in there and, you know, if there were 30 babies in there, you know, 12 to 15 of them were screaming. And it was interesting, even though all those babies were screaming, I knew Ben's scream. I knew Luke's scream. I knew that's Drew. I know that's Drew. And amidst all of the voices, I could discern my son's crying and scream. Well, you know what? You got to be able to discern the Holy Spirit in his guidance and what is right and what is wrong, what is truth and what is error. By the way, for many of you college students, the biggest struggle in your life will not be between right and wrong. It'll be between good and best. Because Satan won't mind if you just do good things the rest of your life and miss the best thing that God has for you uh, as well. But in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, uh, you probably have heard this verse before, and these men, um, these just sound like really great guys. And of the children, uh, verse, uh, verse 32, and of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding, of the times, wait till we hear that word understanding, that is just such a great word, were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Not only themselves, but their movement, their people, what they ought to do. And then look at this. I don't know if you've ever noticed the last part of this. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their commandment. In other words, man, we're gonna do whatever you tell us to do because we believe you've discerned properly. We believe that you know what's right and wrong, so we're gonna follow you. Listen, Christians, you guys gotta be the leaders of the next generation. And the only way that you're gonna be able to lead is if you can discern between truth and error. Only way that you're going to be a leader that people are going to follow is that you're in a, you have the ability, the skill, and we'll talk about that skill, to be able to know this is the best thing in my life, this is a good thing, but this is the priority, this is what I have to do. And if you're able to skillfully 
as a surgeon separate these things and cut these things apart, I'm going to tell you some people are going to follow you. You're going to be a leader as they were with, it, it, with the, uh, the men of Issachar. And uh, what a great statement, though, is it not? Had the understanding of the times that where they lived, in the time that they lived, they were able to take issues and able to separate those issues between truth and error, shall we say God's way and man's way. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, today may we give, uh, may we equip the student body today with how to discern truth from error. Uh, I would like to pray like Solomon desired this kind of heart. I pray that our student body would make a decision today that this is what they would desire as well. Not riches, not long life, but that they would desire a discerning heart because of the ministries that you're going to place them in. They've got to be able to do this. So I pray that they'll, be, they'll desire that. I pray that they'll understand the definition of what it means to be wise, what it means to be understanding, what it means to have discernment. And then, Lord, may we develop that. May today we see the steps to develop a skillful spirit to say this is the way of God, this is the way of man. And Lord, then may we not be dulled. May, may we exercise and, and stay sharp. And may iron sharpen iron here at this, uh, this college. And may they listen to wise counsel to keep them sharp. Uh, and not be dulled, and may they exercise the truth that they do know, because that will help them with discernment. So those are my prayers today. Those are pretty big, but I have a big God, and I have a Holy Spirit that can answer everything I just prayed. So in the name of the one who came out of the tomb, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for a spirit of discernment in the student body at, at West Coast. Lord, in Jesus' name, may we have Issachar here at this campus. We pray this in Jesus' name and God's children said, amen. Number one, spiritual discernment defined. Well, that word understanding is going to come up here in just a moment with a story you're probably even more familiar with in Solomon, but let me give you a definition if I could. The divine skill of separating God's way from man's way, discernment. The divine skill of separating God's way from man's way. Now, that first word that may stick out to you is that word divine. Because this is a spiritual activity. The natural man does not have what you have. You have a person in the Holy Spirit that will give you the ability to skillfully separate God's way from man's way. If you are in this auditorium right now and you are not saved, and we have definitely learned this year that there have been students at West Coast that do not know Christ. I'm going to tell you this. If you are not saved, this message will not work for you. Because this is a spiritual activity that you have to be connected with the Spirit of God. The divine skill. Brother Shetler, 
could someone become apt in this area? Not in what we're going to talk about today. This is of the Spirit of God. And let me give you, you're in 1 Chronicles. We're going to go to 1 Kings in a minute. But turn this, I think you know the passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, really quickly. I'm going to go ahead and start reading it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and maybe you're familiar with these verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm going to start reading in verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Yeah, you know, Brother Scheller, I mean, there's things that we're just never going to know. Well, I understand that. But notice the next verse. Verse 9, but it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. Look at the next verse. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Don't mean to be funny with this. How many of you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit? Would you raise your hand? The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Well, according to this, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Jump down to verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now listen, some of you may not end up going into ministry. Some of you may have positions politically, maybe in a business somewhere. Some of you may be working in the world one day and you won't be in what we would call full-time ministry. You need to understand that you will have a discernment and a view on situations that the world does not have. And you should. So there is going to be a conflict and there is going to be a difference in the way that you see something. The way that you raise your children is going to be different than the way the world's going to raise your children because you see things from a different perspective because you have the, the Spirit of God. Now, my definition of discernment demands the work of the Holy Spirit. If you're having difficulty discerning things in your life, Maybe it's because you're not right with the Holy Spirit right now and you're grieving him or you're quenching him. Because if you're filled with the Spirit of God and you're not quenching him in an area or grieving him, I want to tell you, there is a divine skill to say this is God's way, this is man's way. The divine skill of separating God's ways from man's ways. Now, Let's go back, take your Bibles now and turn to 1 Kings chapter 3. And as you're turning to 1 Kings chapter 3, I want to give you a little bit of a definition of the word understanding of Issachar. By the way, if I ask all of you and I give you a piece of paper, what did Solomon ask God for? God says, I'll give you anything. What, what did Solomon ask for? Don't say it out loud because I think all of you would say wisdom. You know, that is not what he asked for. He did not ask for wisdom. He's going to get wisdom. But wisdom is not what he asked for. He asked for an understanding heart to discern. 
The word understanding in the First Chronicles passage is the same word that's going to come up in this prayer that, that Solomon gives, gives. But I want you to know what that word is. At the core of that word, understanding, it is to cut, to separate, to cut almost like a surgeon, to be able to separate things. It's the ability when a mechanic hears an engine, and we're going, you know, my, my car's not running right, but I don't know what the problem is. A good mechanic can hear your engine run and be able to separate the other noises and go like, you got a timing belt. You got this problem. You've got this. This is what's wrong with your engine. How, 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 how'd you discern that? I could hear it. And I was able to separate the other thing. This is not normal. It is the, it is the discerning eye that a jeweler will take and look at a crystal, at a diamond, at a jewel, and be able to separate it from its purity, from its flaws. And they have a discerning eye to be able to separate. Isn't it interesting? The very first proof of Solomon's wisdom. If, isn't that the most interesting story? What does he do? Bring the baby here and we will separate the baby. The word cut the baby is exactly the same root word as an understanding heart. That's the first thing that we know. And of course, he doesn't cut the baby, but what great wisdom he used because I'm going to find out who the true mother is. Yeah, just go ahead and cut the baby. Then we'll both, then, then you know, we'll each get a half of the baby. No, no, let her have the baby. You're the mother. Wow, did he cut that thing well? Did he have great insight and discernment in doing that? He separated right from wrong. Let me tell you what wisdom is. Wisdom is the ability to see life from God's view and do it. That you can see, you know what, this is God's way, this is man's way. College student, I'm going to tell you, we are lacking discernment today in our churches. It amazes me the decisions that people are making. They are not spiritual and they are not guided by the word of God. A divine skill of separating God's way from man's way is what I would call discernment. Living by absolutes of right and wrong. No, no, no. I am able to discern that this is right. And I know in my spirit that this is wrong. That is not the way a child of God should act, should behave, should speak, should dress, should listen to, should go to. I'm able to discern the right from the wrong. Wow, boy, we need this. This discernment is spiritual and it's given by the Spirit of God. And be not conformed to this, to, this, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there is a point that you can get to that you can begin to decipher right from wrong. 
I had a couple quotes down here that I thought were really good. I definitely don't agree with Jay Adams on everything, but I actually believe this is one of the greatest statements Jay Adams ever stated. The key desire in Christianity today is not to distinguish between God's way and the world's, but to find agreement. Now listen to this, because this is so important. Jay Adams said, the key desire in Christianity today is not to distinguish between God's way and the world's way, but actually to find agreement. Now stop. Is that not what so much in a progressive movement right now is trying to do? They are not trying to find the separation of this is God's way, this is man's way. They are trying to figure out somehow how we can agree with the world. And I'll tell you what is beginning to happen. Unity is taking priority over truth. And college students, you've got to get a hold of this. Unity is not the number one priority of our lives. The number one priority of our life is truth. Because you cannot actually have unity until you have truth. And the, it seems like the motivation and the desire is that we just all get along. And you are going to hear a lot about this in the Biden administration. It's going to be the overall statement that they're going to get all of their agenda in is we just need to be unified. We just need to be and have unity. And tell me that that is not affecting our churches today. The number one goal as a Christian is not unity. It is truth. Because what good is unity if we do not have truth? Our greatest passion should be to find out what is right. What is God's way? Not how can we be in agreement with everybody? We are losing our discernment as believers because we are so passionate for unity and not for truth. We've got to understand under the dis spiritual discernment defined. Number two, spiritual discernment desired. We're in 1 Kings chapter 3, and I want to tell you about a young man who desired this discernment. By the way, he knew he was going to have to unify his kingdom. He knew how important unity was going to be within his kingdom, but he knew that the basis and the foundation to everything had to be truth and being able to understand. Verse number three, and Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David, his father. I think this is very important. I think you got to be right with God. I think you have to be obedient, doing what you know you're supposed to be doing, and the light will bright, be brighter in the way and shine in the way as you go. Uh, only he uh, sacrificed and burnt incense in the high places. So he still had some things to grow in. He had some things he had to learn. Verse number five, very end. God says, ask what I shall give thee. That's like the one wish, you know. God says to Solomon, what do you want? Because whatever you want, I'll give you. Look at verse number nine. By the way, look at the very end of verse 7. I am but a little child. And by the way, he wasn't a little kid. But his humility here is extremely important. I know not how to go out or come in. 
I do not say this in a demeaning way. But I do think we have so much more interaction on this campus than we did eight years ago when I was here. Students have so much more of a voice now at this college than they ever had when I came eight years ago. I don't think we stifled students eight years ago, but I'm just telling you, I know in my own classes, eight years ago, it was so much me lecturing and you all just being quiet. Well, now I, you don't take a class with me where I'm not interacting with you with questions and wanting your input and everything. I think that's great. But I think you better never forget me teacher, you student. And I think it's very important that you realize you guys are the next generation, but you need to become students. And there needs to be a humility that you don't know everything. And that's why you're here at college is to learn from others that have experienced things. I didn't mean to say that in any kind of demeaning way. I said that to him. You know what? That's the spirit Solomon had. He said, God, I'm like a little kid. No, you're not. You're David's son. You know all about the palace. No, I don't. I don't know how to come in and go out. I do not know how to be a king. I do not know how to be a pastor. I do not know how to be a Christian school teacher. I do not know how to do media. I do not. I want to sit and I want to learn and I want to have that humility. I think that's a big deal. Verse number nine. Give therefore thy servant. I think that's important. Could he not have so easily said, give therefore thy king of your people. Give therefore thy servant in understanding heart. Hey, Dr. Schiller, is that the same word, understanding, is in, the, is in Issachar? No, it is not. But it's coming up. Give therefore thy servant an understanding that, you know what that word is there? That word there is shema. Give thy servant a listening, hearing heart. Shema, O Israel, hear, O Israel. The understanding there is the word Shema. I want to listen to obey. I'm going to tell you how you get discernment. You begin by obeying what you have been told to do. And as you begin to obey what you've been told to do, God begins to show you more light about other areas of your life. Give me a Shema. Give me a hearing, listening heart to listen. Boy, this is good. But that's not the word for the, in the Issachar passage. Give therefore thy servant in Shema heart, a listening, a hearing heart, to judge, that's the word, to govern thy people, that I may, everyone together, what's the next word? That I may discern. The word discern is the word understanding of Issachar. It is the word to cut apart and to separate. Give me a listening, receiving heart. Because of time, I know where I'm, I know I better say this right now because we ain't gonna get there. There is a group of people in the New Testament that Paul went and went and started a church. But by the way, go ahead, let's turn to it right now. Would all of you take your, your Bibles and turn to 2 Berean chapter 3? Would you, would you do that right now? Would just everyone, take your Bibles, turn to 2 Berean chapter 3. Nobody's turning. Okay, <laughs> I was just joking with you. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Berean chapter 2. None of you are turning. 1 Berean chapter 2, turn to it. 
Brother Shadler, there are no epistles written to the church of Berea. Yeah. You know why? They didn't have to be corrected about anything. And you know why they didn't have to be corrected about anything? Because the church of Berea were people that had great spiritual discernment. They were more noble than others because they shamad the word. They received the word. They listened to the word. Paul never had to correct the church of Berea because the, the church of Berea received the word and then they searched the scriptures. They scrutinized. Okay, now you're saying this. It, when, when it says they, they, they welcomed the word, the word there is logos. We listened to what Paul had to say and then we went to the scriptures to study the scriptures to make sure what Paul's saying about the Yeshua HaMashiach is correct. And all they had was the Old Testament. But what a church. We don't have first and second Berea. And the reason why we don't have first and second Berea is it wasn't needed to be written to them because they were a church of discernment. And I got to tell you, this is good stuff here. I may discern between good and evil. Spiritual discernment desired. Solomon wanted it. He prayed for it. You ought to pray for it. It's a spiritual, it's a spiritual event. It's a spiritual activity. God, give me a heart that can separate God's way from my way. God's way from man's way. Give me a biblical worldview that I can see eyes through the lens of the scripture in your eyes. Pray about it. He desired it. Solomon desires this. And look at what God does. And the speech pleased the Lord. This desire that he had. By the way, notice that. I may discern between good and evil. There's the separation. Has not, okay, and God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast thou asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but has asked for thyself in understanding. There it is, guys. This ability, this skill, discern, to hear, to judge, to make a sentence, I have done according to thy works. You've got a desire, discernment. You've got to desire this kind of heart. And I'm going to tell you, if this student body would get together and pray individually for each other, corporately and by themselves, God, we need discernment from the Spirit of God that we can judge all things. This whole thing about, well, you know, we as Christians, we're not supposed to judge. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Judge not, lest ye be judged. Why don't you read the rest of the verses? Get the beam out of your own eye, hypocrite. Get the sin out of your own life. But as soon as you get the sin out of your own life, help your brother get that out of their eye. That passage doesn't say don't judge. The passage says don't be judging people if you got a beam in your eye before you try to take a mote out of somebody else's eye. You make sure that you're right with God. And I will tell you, you know what brings incredible spiritual discernment? Church discipline. We had six major church discipline situations at First Baptist Santa Maria. Every time 
we, in, I, in the seven years that I was there, we had six major discipline situations that had to go before the congregation. In every one of those, we restored the brother or sister, but we were more purified than we were before. And that's exactly what church discipline will do. It is about restoration and it is about purity. And that purity made our eyesight clearer on the way that we looked at things. College students, I want to encourage you. Discernment gives you clear vision. Some of you are so blurred. Look at gender distinction today. Satan tries to confuse. Are you, are you male or are you female? People don't even know what they're... No, if you stop and think about this, and I know you're only 20, 22, whatever... But you go back 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years, whatever, and you were talking about, well, I don't know if I'm male or female. Well, they wouldn't laugh at that. They would think, I, 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 I don't even understand. How do you not know that you're a male or female? That's the only two ways God created anybody, male or female. Well, I'm not sure gender is your sexuality, and I don't know. Why, what are you talking about? Do you see how blurred things are? People don't have clarity today. And Satan knows that because that brings confusion and that confusion brings conflict. And that conflict, we can't live in that, so it brings compromise and ultimately we're corrupted. And I'm telling you, we're heading down that, that, that pipe. Notice the James 1.5. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Spiritual discernment desired. And then finally... Spiritual discernment developed. And I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 5. Because if I've got one thing that I want to say, this is the biggest thing that I really want to tell you the whole message. Spiritual discernment developed. And, and look with me, if you would, for just a moment at Hebrews chapter 5. I think if you want to develop spiritual discernment, I think you pray for it, you ask it, you desire it, you search for truth, you don't wait until you're emotionally in a situation. Yesterday in Christian marriage in the home, we spent 45 minutes talking about divorce. It's amazing. I don't have one student in my class that's been divorced. I don't. Well, Brother Shelley, do you have anyone in your class that's married? No. But, uh, well, actually, Brandon's in there, so there's one. But uh, I don't have anyone. That is the perfect time to learn about divorce. It is a really bad time to start deciding what you believe on divorce when you're going through a really bad marriage. You better decide your spiritual view of divorce before you ever get there. So that's why I love to teach a Christian marriage in the home because you haven't, you haven't raised any kids yet, so now's the best time to learn about parenting. Now's the best time to learn about what the Bible says about divorce because once you get in it, it gets so emotional. Don't make your decisions when you're in an emotion, you need to know already, this is what I'm going to do in this situation. This is what's going to happen in my life if I get put in this situation. This is how I'm going to stand. Some of, you need to be thinking about that right now. Some of you are going to have to take a stand for the Lord that we're going to be mentioning in chapel one day. So-and-so that graduated back in uh, 2022, 2023, 2021 is in a situation now where they may have to go to jail. We want to pray for them right now, for them. We're, you better know how you're going to stand now in some of these issues because when you get in the issue, that's not the time to do it. Search for truth. Don't wait until you're in it. 
Bible study every day. I want to talk about the church of Berea. Bible study every day. Listen to godly people. Man, in a multitude of counselors there wanteth not safety. Get not, and we're not talking your peers here. We're talking about godly, wise, older individuals, male or female. But they're godly, wise. They know they, they see the scriptures the way that you should. Study the word of God every day. Beware and take note of anything that's new. Study Proverbs every day. But this is it, and I'm done. This is the number one way to develop discernment in your life. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 13. For every one of you that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Some of you all are still on milk. You cannot handle any meat. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, mature. Even those, now here it is, here's the whole key to spiritual discernment, how the Holy Spirit's going to help you. Even those who by reason of use have their senses gymnasium exercised to discern both good and evil. Hey, Doc, what's your passion point, Hom3? What's your passion point, Dr. Shetler? Here it is. You want to be a spiritually discerning person? Exercise the truth you know already in your life. Whatever you know to be true that you're supposed to do, exercise it, practice it. Gymnasium is the word there. That you actually practice, you work out with the weights that you know are right. I know I'm supposed to do this in my life. I know I'm supposed to do this in my life. I know I'm supposed to live this way in my life. If you exercise yourself onto godliness now in what you know, you will have the spiritual muscles to discern right from wrong down the road. And if you're playing around with your Christianity, you are gonna be blown around with every wind of doctrine. College students, we need discernment today. And there is a way to get this discernment. I believe it is a divine skill, but the Holy Spirit needs to have you to have some muscles that you have built on the obedience of what you knew was right. Because if you're disobeying now what you know is right, how in the world are you going to discern what's right and wrong later on? But if you are exercising what you know to be is right right now, God will give you the ability to discern the next step of your life.